Hi, my name is Amy White. I am a nutritionist and life coach, and I am very excited to be here and sharing with Pearl today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Conversations with Pearl. I'm so excited to have you guys here. And we have another amazing guest with us today. And we're going to be talking to you about health and wellness and creating some some great thoughts around nutrition. So today, Amy White is joining us. She is a functional, holistic nutritionist who approaches women's health and wellness through body balance. Amy believes that food is an information and most body imbalance is due to simple communication issue. Amy's nutrition background combined with her training as a life coach is how she helps her clients achieve and maintain their health and body results at any age. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you today. So I love this subject. It's so, so important. I had somebody on earlier a couple of weeks ago, we were talking all about around nutrition and health and food and our mindset around it. So I'm so excited to continue this type of conversation with you. So Amy, walk us through what made you decide to go down this path for health and wellness in this nutrition field? Um, it was kind of one of the things that it was a have to. <laughs> um, so for me, um, it was my daughter. So my daughter was having gut issues as a teenager. She actually had gut issues her entire life, but it was when she was a teenager and getting ready to go to college that I became concerned enough that I thought we need to figure this out before you leave home. And it just conventional medicine wasn't helping. They basically, you know, did what they do and did the tests and said, well, she's fine, but she wasn't fine. So we have to figure it out ourselves. And that ended up putting me in nutrition, uh, going back to school and getting my master's degree in nutrition. Um, and so we did figure it out. And she is uh, now t- she's turning 30 uh, next in two months. And uh, she's doing amazingly well and has um, been managing her diet since she was 16, 17 years old. You know, that's interesting. You talk about that when she's so young, like needing that help, because I remember when I was just focusing on health and wellness, I had a client who came to me and her mom brought her because she felt like everywhere she was going, they were like, oh, we can't help her because she's not, you know, anorexic. We can't help, you know, like the, the, no answers for her. And she felt so lost. And then when I, when she came to me, we talked about whole food eating and, and recognizing what foods were good for her and what foods were not good for her and just helping her live the lifestyle. She's a, she's in her second year at college now too. And I'm following her. She's just doing amazing. And so you're right. Like sometimes they don't have the answers for us and we have to go find the answers for ourselves and good for your daughter. I mean, and then you as a mom recognizing that, Hey, I got to help, you know, help her out here. What can I do? I know that feeling though. I mean, it was super scary when the the doctors were like, yeah, she's fine. I mean, and on, on top of that, they were like, I mean, her small intestines red and inflamed, but don't worry about that. That's nothing. And I just, just having that feeling like I, I've asked the experts, you know, we've asked, we've looked for help and they can't help us. And just really it's in, I can, I can bring the feeling back up. It's you're terrified in a way, because you just don't, you don't know where else to go, where to turn, who to ask. And it's a really scary place to be in that position where you don't have an answer answer and you don't know where to get any answer. Yeah. As a mom, you just like, it's so overwhelming like it's our, when it's our babies. And, you, and like, you know, that mom got like, we know, we know that there's something there. And, and when somebody brushes off, that's, that's why I love my doctor. My husband, and I go to the same doctor's office, but I see the husband, he sees the wife and they're polar opposites. My doctor, the husband is like, I know you don't like to take meds and I know this, you know, and I take a whole holistic naturopathic look at everything I do with my body. And his wife is like, I went with my husband and said, 
he's not taking vitamins. She's like, well, now, you know, probably I don't believe in vitamins. I'm like going, oh, my gosh, how can you see that? He so needs these vitamins because I could see the pain he's in. But because she's telling him that now he's fighting me on. I'm like, I give right. up. You know, I just give up. I'm not going to fight with you on it, you know, whatever. And so I, I think it's you You bring up a good point that go with your gut. If, you know, if you don't, the, the doctors see us for 15 minutes and, you know, yeah. it's your body. If you don't feel right, something's not right. Fight through and, you know, find that person who's going to listen to you and help you find right. those answers. And when you can't, like you did, Amy, you go find the answers yourself if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, you know, look for assistance, reach out for help because it's any time in your life, you can bump up against that where you feel like you're at a dead end and you, you know, you're not, but you have to figure out, you know, well, what, what do I do next? Yeah. So I love how you share that food is information. I want to read that again. Food mm-hmm. is information and most body imbalances due to simple communication issues. So walk us through that. Give us some thoughts about that. So, so while this was happening with my daughter, I also was in this weird place in my life. So I was in my late 30s. And uh, at this point, maybe early 40s, and I was trying to figure out my body because I, I was not recognizing myself and I was not feeling good and everything was kind of off. And um, I was trying to figure that out and do do all the things, you know, you're supposed to do, you know, follow the advice, look at the food pyramid, do all the things. And it wasn't helping me. And so I ended up to help my daughter, I ended up in, you know, nutrition school, but it also helped me because then all of a sudden I realized, oh, hold on, food is telling my body what to do. And if I want my body to do specific things, I actually need to really be conscious of what it is I'm 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 using to communicate that, what I'm eating. Um, and so, you know, I always, I, say, I say to people, it, it could it be possible that you're actually telling your body that you want to put on weight and that you want to be lazy and sit on the couch and that you don't want to sleep all night and that you ha- want to have aches and pains? Could it be possible that you're actually telling your body that that's what you want it to be doing. So it's not that your body's not being obedient or responding. It's actually being super obedient with the information that you're giving it. Um, And so when you think about what you're choosing to eat, you have to understand certain things are going to cause your body to be inflamed, which is going to cause aches and pains. Uh, certain things you do are going to cause you to have low energy, you know, so you have to certain foods, shall we say. So and it's going to be like you said, it's going to be different for everybody. Everyone's tolerance level for different foods is going to be different. So you have to understand where um, what I call the heck, you know, spectrum of health, where you are on that spectrum of health. And so then where your tolerance level for certain things will be, um, and then how those foods communicate to your body. I love what you said. You're telling your body what it wants to do. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's so true. And it's like that mindset of you tell your body you're going to be tired, you're tired. If you tell your body you're going to be full of energy, you'll have, full, you'll have some energy, right? And I just well, love I'm that. speaking more specifically, like if you're eating a bowl of oatmeal and having a banana and an orange juice uh, for breakfast and running out the door and expecting to have great energy for the rest of the day, well, you actually just told your body, I'm, I'm going to feel great for about an hour and a half. And then uh, we want to crash so hard that we need a really fast, juicy, delectable dessert treat in order to come (laughs) back up. So you actually, you know, what you thought you were telling your body was, look at all this super healthy food. We're going to feel so good all day. It's going to be a great day. And your body's like, okay, okay. So what you want to do is you want to feel really good for like an hour. And then you want me to just go emergency, emergency. We have to have a snack right now. Got it. That's what we'll do. So that's what I mean by communicating and basically telling. So you think you're 
telling your body one thing and your body got a completely different message. Right. Now, if you had bacon and eggs and some avocado, perhaps maybe now your body's like, oh, oh, so you want to like get down to business and we're on a focus for the next four hours. Got it. Let's do yeah. it. I love different. that. This food, Yeah, that food really is a communication with your brain to tell you how we're going to approach this day. That's it's so, so true. I, you know, I, that's one of the things um, I made these overnight oats with my husband the other day. And, um, and it's like, I can't have that. It's full of sugar. I'm like, that's no sugar. It has some sugar and it. Don't get me wrong, but it had yogurt. We had a little bit, like not even a third cup of oatmeal in there, you know, uh, yogurt with, you know, about a, probably a cup, a half a cup of yogurt in there. I'm, I didn't even put honey in there. I'm like, I don't even put, you know, nothing like that in there. And then we had fruit in there because I don't, you know, that's all it was. And he was like, that's full of sugar. And I'm like, you have to, it's like for him, he's like, I can't have any fruit. And that's what, again, he's convinced yeah. that fruit's bad for him. I'm like, well, you could do berries. If you're worried about the sugar, do something lower, like berries or whatever. And, and you're right. Like what you do and what you eat is telling your body, you know, and then two, you got to get past some of those beliefs we have about our body too. But you also have to, again, depending on where you are on, on that spectrum of health, what your goals are, what's going on with your body, you also have to recognize sugars as not just sugar. So right. yeah, you know, the obvious sugars are going to be sugar, uh, ice cream, candy, all those things. But then there's the the foods that convert very quickly to sugar in your body, like oatmeal, like right. cereal, like grains. So when, when your husband says, I can't eat that, that's so much sugar, you know, and actually to me, that makes a lot of sense sense because he's not looking at added sugars. He's just looking at what that's going to do in his body in the next half an hour, which is convert very quickly to sugar, give him a big boost, which then kind of creates a crash. Right. So adding the yogurt is awesome. Adding like eggs is awesome. Adding a protein is going to be super helpful. But you know, even that for some people, depending on where they are on that spectrum of health, it's not going to be enough. The oats right. are going to be too much for them. Uh, and the fruit. And again, fruit is, I love fruit. Fruit is amazing food, but depending on the person and what's happening and how, how out of balance they are, they have to start to understand where those sugars are coming into their into their orbit so that right. they can manage it and get into balance and then start to re-diversify their diet. I love that. So tell us when somebody comes in and works with you and they're they're wanting to start this new journey of understanding how what we're talking about, understanding how the importance of, you know, the the food is and how it communicates with our body. Where are some of the first things you help walk them through? And and then also talk to us about if they've if this is something new, like they've never had to worry about their health before, how yeah. do you help them understand that these things like like let's just be honest, menopause and things like that come up and change our life, right? Help help us understand how what your approach is with your clients. So the first thing I am I always do. So most everybody comes in for weight loss. Um, you know, the old tricks they used to do just don't work anymore. So something's up, something's different. And it is, they have a new body. They have a different body. It's always changing and they have a new body. They just need to learn new operator's manual. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing I'm always going to do is look at the most inflammatory foods or the more typical inflammatory foods. And let's just clear those out. Let's give your body some time to kind of <clears throat> heal and come into balance. So that's going to be sugars. It's going to be grains, anything that converts quickly to sugars. Those are the things that we're going to try to eliminate for a while. See how you feel. And people feel generally better within, you know, a week to two weeks. Within a month, they're just like, okay, hold on. 
this is awesome, amazing. And the idea though, is I start my clients with a structure. So the I always say this, the easiest thing or that people do is they're just like, I'm just going to stop eating this. The hard part is knowing what you're going to eat instead. So a lot of people just feel they're just going to go, I'm going to stop eating this. And they create a void, but they have no idea how to fill that void. And so it doesn't take long before they just fall into old patterns and they're back to eating the thing that they're supposed to, or they told themselves they weren't going to eat. So you have to know if you're going to take something out, you have to know what to replace it with. You can't have that void. So that's number one. That's what I do. My client, we talk all about what we're eating, less about what we're not eating. It's all about what we are eating. And then ultimately they start with my structure. They learn tools to understand how to work with their body, how to understand what they're feeling, what's working, what's not working. And ultimately my goal for every client is to then have them transition into their own plan, their own design. You're never going to follow somebody else's diet long-term. You can't. We're autonomous beings, we want to have free will and choice. So you can take what you learn and then adjust as needed so that it becomes your unique plan. And the program I offer my clients is a lifetime access program because I want them to be able to adjust and make changes. And then I want them to come back and ask questions when needed. If the adjustment, if they, they're doing thing and it's not looking like it's going the way they want, I'm like, we're bounced back into the, you know, weekly calls. Let's get on this. Let's see what's happening. Let's figure it out. But I ultimately want them to create their own. I want them to eat whatever they want, whenever they want in a way that works for their body. So nothing is off limits. It's just that you know your tolerance level. Something's going to be an everyday thing. Something might be an every week thing. Sometimes it's going to be at every very occasional thing. You know, it just depends on what you want and how you want to feel. Yeah. I think the key point too is to understand you don't have to be deprived of anything. Uh-huh. You just have to know where it fits in and how it should fit in into your day. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important. Um, I like how you talked about the new owner's man, right? It's a whole... Yeah. It's a new owner's man. Because I think, like you said, people hear, I hate the word diet. They hear about, you know, this, the, yeah. the, that F word diet. Um, and then they, they get so wrapped up about, like, what am I going to miss? What am I going to deprive on? And, and all right. those things. And, um, you know, creating that structure, like you said, creating new patterns and having that new, that new owner's manual. So you can approach it as a whole different way than what you've been approaching it or what's not right. doing good for you. It's so, so, right. so important. Yeah. Your body wants to do the same. It wants the same things you want. You, It really does. You guys are, are really wanting to play on the same team. So it's just understanding how do you get to be on the same team so that your body's helping you achieve those goals. How is it helping you have good energy? How is it helping you sleep through the night? How is it helping you optimize your weight? It, it wants all of that. Um, so it's funny because we get into this in our head and it's just like, oh, my body, it's, you know, it's fighting me and it's it's, everything's so hard. It's like, no, really, it doesn't want to be fighting with you, which is part of why I think the life coaching piece of what I do with clients is so important because there's the tangibles, right? It's what you're eating, what you're choosing to eat, what you're cooking, shopping, all the fun, easy. I think of that as the easy stuff. And then it's the, the head space. That's the tricky part because your head can really, you know, there's so many thoughts and the Thoughts that we're unaware of cause 
unintentional results in our life. So the life coaching brings those thoughts into awareness, which halts them from impacting your results. Um, But it's important to kind of get in there and make sure that that piece of the puzzle is also being addressed. Yeah, that's so I'm glad you said that, too, because I was sitting here as you were talking before I was sitting here saying to myself, you know, my son, I lost my son last last July at 25 years old, a tragic car accident. And then I started like, you know, I've lost over 60 pounds, you know, kept it off for probably a good probably six years or so. And I started like uh, going back into those old habits, those comfort things like that I used to have before I was so focused. So he passed in July. So like by December, I was like, oh, this is not good news. I got to get this back in control. My, like you said, my body was giving me what I wanted. I wanted the comfort foods. I wanted all that comfort stuff. But then I was like, December 15th, I'm like, nope, I just woke up. I'm like, enough is enough. We're not, my body doesn't want this. I'm just wanting it. And so I'm not going to fight my, you know, the whole, you know, I I have my own coach. I have a therapist I go to as I I work with them. And um, I'm proud to say that like since December 15th, I'm down, I think 24 pounds. So I'm so, so excited about that. And it's just going back to picking the things that are right for me to eat and, you know, having that communication again with my body and, you know, and that's, you're right, because that mind, your body wants to, but that mind, that headspace, that stuff, I like to say the stuff in the front file cabinets that are telling you all those things that are so negative, you need to like open it up and go shred it so you can get back right. to the back that's telling you you're worthy, you deserve it, you know, you've got this. And, yeah. you know, we fight that sometimes that, that you know, saboteurs and those judges that shows up and tells us all the things right. that we don't need to hear, that it's not correct, it's not what who we truly are. I love that you add that piece in there as well. Yeah. I, I um one of the things I love to do um when I concentrate just back then and, and just to help the wellness and, and the eating part, um, that's this is what led me into becoming a coach along with everything was I my clients would come in and be like, oh I want to you know hop on the scale first. I'm like, no, we're not getting on the scale first. We're not doing that. Right. We're not doing that first. I want to know, you know, no matter what program you do, if you do it right, you're gonna lose weight. But tell me what happens after it's like when you hit this goal, what's going on like what brought you here and what's you know what what do we need to do so that we make sure you don't have to do this roller coaster again you know and and so I love that you that you talk about that so how do you help your clients work through some of that um you know it's so interesting it's just listening to the conversation and then being like oh hold on a second that was so you know what you just said was so interesting tell me more about that and then you just sort of you start getting on these tangents and these paths and you find these thoughts and you they say well I feel like this and you say why do you feel like this and then you find the real thought and then you can kind of investigate it because no there's no right or wrong thought and that's the other thing that you have to know it's it's just bringing the awareness to the thought it just becomes now a passenger on the journey you know it doesn't have to disappear it can be there but it's now just a passenger and it's just hanging on so it's more you have to kind of identify you know the things that are causing unproductive action versus productive action so you're just sort of you know it's just investigating and just trying to become more aware. Uh, It's just so interesting to watch how the brain works and and just catching those thoughts that are are limiting you in some way. Um, Yeah. And just stop. We basically have to stop believing a lot of the stories that we tell ourselves. So, so true. Stop the stories you tell yourself. So so true. I love that. So tell us, um, you know, one of the struggles I remember when I was on my journey, my kids were younger, was finding out how to balance what I knew I needed to eat, but make it in 
interesting for my kids to eat what I'm going to eat because I don't want to have to make two meals and life is overwhelming. So tell me about that process. How any suggestions for the women that are listening that have that situation happening in their home? Yeah. So I always tell my clients, I'm like, look, it's a family affair. So, um, you know, I have this huge recipe vault that you get and it's constantly being added to and the whole bit. But what I always tell everybody is, look, um, everyone in your house is going to want to eat your food because it's very, very delicious. And that always ends up being the case. And so there isn't a huge issue with kids um, not wanting to eat the food. Um, but, you know, at the same time, so maybe your kids like chicken nuggets or they like that kind of thing. So make chicken nuggets for the whole family for dinner, but you make the nuggets, right? So you've got the chicken and you're going to bread it, but we're going to use some almond flour and some egg and some spices. And then you're going to cook them up, bake them, air fry them, whatever you want to do. But, you know, that's, that's a meal that's actually good for you. It's good for the kids. It's easy. So there's plenty of opportunity to, you know, eat kind of kid food in a healthier way. Um, and I find that, I mean, I, my kids are grown. I have two grandkids, one just turned five and the other one's turning two. And we find with them that they just, they really like, um, protein. They really like protein rich foods, but they're kids. So they also can enjoy fatty, fattier protein. So things with cheese and stuff like that for them. Um, but that tends, they, they, they are not running around looking for snacks. They're not asking for snacks. They, I think sometimes people are a little, confused because they don't eat that frequently because they they eat and then they get really full and satisfied and then they they're off and gone and then they'll come back and eat again or, so it, it's it is tricky i understand because i was i knew nothing when i my kids were little and um so yeah i was always feeding them just horrible things just like what do you want okay fine <laughs> i remember terrible. that yeah my, so my, happy. yeah my youngest son he oh my god he was such a picky eater all he would eat was chicken nuggets which drove me and saying. And then um, he was, uh, what do you call it? Pop tarts, right? And so when I finally got like, I'm getting on, I'm getting my health back, I'm getting on track. I was like, and then I used to drink not one, but two, two liter bottles of diet soda a day. And I was like, I have to give this up. So like, I gave that up. And I cut soda out of the house. I'm like, there's no soda in the house. And their kids like, at first, they're like moaning or groaning, but then they kind of got used to it. And, um, and then when it came, you know, we'd go out for for movies, that was we'd let them get the soda then. Okay, you want a soda, that's your treat. But I wasn't getting soda. But you know, those kind of things we were doing. And, um, and then we started embracing making, um, like what you were saying, the nuggets differently, you know, and um, we kind of chuckle at Nate, if he's listening, I love you, son. But we kind of chuckle at him because he was such a picky eater. He went to go visit my brother. And I'm like, I should have done that years ago. And my brother's like, we don't do chicken nuggets here. So he had if he wanted to eat, he had to eat what they were eating. The kid came home loving steak. And we're like going, who is this? Like, anything texture, he did not do good. And now we laugh because he's with an amazing girl, Amy, and the kids eating rice. He's eating all these dishes. I'm like going, who is that? Oh, you have a girlfriend. That's what you're doing. doing. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's they do get a little more expensive because my yes. my grandkids love they love steak. My granddaughter, um, she pretty much lives on smoked salmon. That's oh, her food smoke, of yeah. choice, and so she is at daycare with her smoked salmon. Um, <laughs> and it's just so funny, but they that's what they like. And my daughter makes them bagels. But she makes the bagels. So she right. does have more of a fatty version using mozzarella cheese and almond flour and all that stuff for the ba- 
bagels. Um, and she makes her own pizza crust that again, takes two seconds for her to make with the mozzarella cheese, the almond flour and whatever. And, um, so, so they get all the yummy goodies, but they, she does it in a way that, um, my daughter's very gluten intolerant and it appears that the children seem to be somewhat gluten intolerant. Like they, their little, <laughs> my granddaughter's little belly oh, just blows right out if she has, um, yeah, tends to have gluten in her food. So my daughter just feeds them the way she eats. And uh, she just makes sure that they get as much healthy fats as they need. And um, yeah, and they seem pretty, pretty pleased and happy. Lots of well, fruit. While we're talking food, what's your favorite dish you like to make, Amy? Um, so I, <laughs> I, so I, I love make, I'm going to give you two. So I love, I love steak, love steak. So for me to be able to just have a steak is I'll often usually have it for my morning meal. Cause it's so fast and easy and it'll keep me full most, most of the day. Um, but for the family, um, I'd say our favorite uh, meal is I'll make a high protein lasagna. And so everybody loves that. So the way I do that is I used very thinly sliced turkey meat as the noodles. And then I do the normal cheese layer and the normal ground beef or ground turkey or whatever I'm using for the meat layer, the tomato sauce, the mozzarella. So everything else is normal except the noodle layer. And it's just so good. And so everybody enjoys that. And then we always have leftovers, which are amazing for breakfast, for a quick lunch, whatever. Yeah. Right. I love I love making a mock lasagna. I love doing mine with um, zucchini, and yeah. then instead of the ricotta cheese, I do um, mashed cauliflower. I yeah, put that in there, and then the good. and then the the ground turkey or whatever. Yeah, I love that. that yeah, that so sounds. I do the same one with the with cabbage. There's another version that I do with cabbage instead of the turkey, but um, I, I tend to lean high protein with most most things just because. Right. You know, I'm 56, my husband's 65. And so we're always trying to push, push the protein. We right. just, yeah, just my husband, I have a new dish I've been making. He asked me last night, can you make that dish again? I'm like, okay, I actually saw it on TikTok. It was, Ooh. um, it's a cauliflower rice dish. So you do the cauliflower rice, stir fry it, put, I put some peppers and things like that and soy, whatever um, seasonings I put in. And then I layer it in a casserole dish and I chop up salmon. I'm, I'm like your granddaughter. I love salmon. I chop up salmon and season that with whatever seeds I want to put. I put it on top of the cauliflower rice. I bake it for like 20 minutes, Ooh. decorate it with a little bit of avocado around it. And it's so good. It's so, so wow. good. So, I love one pot meals. Love it. Yes, I love I, it. The, the tomorrow night I'm, I'm going to do chicken chicken enchiladas um, for the gang. And I'm going to use the sliced turkey for the enchilada again. Ooh. And um, yeah, so that's a recipe I've been planning to make for a while. And I think I finally have the sauce and everything that I want to make for it done. So I'll try that tomorrow and see. Sounds awesome. I love to, we could talk about recipes forever, forever. So something I would love to know is um, as your clients are going through the process of, you know, creating this healthier habit and healthier new lifestyle and, you know, having that new operations manual, as you called it, Yeah, you know, people, you know, tend, sometimes people go, well, I miss this or I miss that. How do you help them have some of those things that they miss? Do you have any kind of theory behind that? Well, at the beginning, um, I love transition foods. So I don't ever say let's cold turkey anything. Um, so it depends on the person. So some people are just like, you know, I still want my favorite thing, but I'm only going to have a little bit of it. So if that works for some people. Some people are better depending on where their sugar cravings are at and what their cravings and all that is where that is. 
Um, some people can't do it that way and they just have to, they really have to manage their blood sugar and calm their cravings down. So in that case, I have them use more tra transitional type of desserts. So I don't use any natural sugars, but I will use alternative sweeteners. And then I have a lot of recipes for desserts and things so that they can make chocolate chip cookies or they can make brownies or they can make a mug cake or something fast or, or more decadent, uh, elaborate dessert that they can take to a party, but they do it in such a way that it's not going to, it's not going to spike their blood sugar. So I always say you're going to eat this dessert and it's going to help you calm your cravings and help you balance your body um, as opposed to create more cravings. So it just, it, it, most people like to go that route. And then within about two weeks, they've, you know, they've basically readjusted their palate and they aren't even craving the sweets and the sugar the way that they were when they started. Um, so that's the first thing. Let's bring the balance, get everything into balance. And then going forward, like I said, as they transition into their real life and what they do and don't want, um, then they get to decide if they want to add some of those things that they loved back in. And oftentimes people will add something and they'll be like, it wasn't as good as I remembered. And that's always good. It's like, yes, you, you, for, you, you learn to taste things and you realize that your brain wants it more than your taste buds actually like it. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean it's off the table. It just means, oh, I don't eat Oreos all the time, but I'll have Oreos sometimes maybe, you know, um, and you have to just decide for you again, how you feel, what your goals are, you know, do those Oreos fit in? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Yeah. I have this. I, I don't know what it is. I've always had this thing about wanting chocolate after dinner. I don't know what it is. I have tried to break it, but I have not been able to break it. So I decided I'm like, how can I create something healthier? And I love like a little ice cream. Like I cannot mm -hmm. have my brain can smell a Rocky Road ice cream is in the house. So it does not it's not allowed in the house because I could eat the whole tub if I wasn't careful. But I decided um, I found this healthy Cool Whip and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a Cool Whip. And I take my chocolate protein powder and I mix it in there. And then I put it in a freezer and I just allow myself like a little tablespoon of it just after dinner. And it just takes that edge off, you know, and yeah. it helps me with it. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a recipe um, that I make. Um, I got it from Maria Emmerich. I don't know if you're familiar with her out there. She's got a lot of recipes, but you make this high protein chocolate pudding, but you use cooked egg whites. It sounds weird, but it's so good and you cannot taste the egg. I, I, I The chocolate chocolate helps, right? It covers the egg. I think if you were to make a vanilla flavor or something, I don't know if that would work, but the chocolate and you basically, it's, it's, it's high protein. So it's very filling it's chocolate. So it's decadent. And when my grandkids don't want to eat dinner, but we're like, you really need to eat something. We're like, do you want some chocolate pudding? <laughs> Um, so that's one of those fun, weird little desserts that you're just like, you feel like you're doing something bad and you're like, yeah, no, this is actually helping my protein goals. I love that. That is so cool. So, so cool. So tell us, Amy, what's some of the things that are coming up for you? Uh, in what way? And what new, anything new coming up for you and your oh, coaching? coming topic? up. Yeah. So I, I, I run, um, a group coaching program and Starting on March 28th, I'm actually running a free three-day training 
Um, basically, it's all about the three master skills that I believe you need in order to manage a mature body uh, so that you can lose weight, have great energy and feel the best that you've felt in a very long time. And so that little three day training is coming up. It's free. You just have to um, be on my email list because <laughs> that's how I'm sending the training out. It's very low key. It'll come to your email box and the videos will be available until April 7th. Uh, which is when enrollment for my group program is going to close. And um, so you can watch it anytime between when the when you get the email and April 7th. So hopefully people will be able to fit that into their uh, schedule. I think the videos are about 20 minutes long. Um, so that's coming up. Um, yeah, other than that, I my group program is uh, lifetime access. So every week I run my coaching calls with my group members and do that. Um, but other than that, I don't have anything super exciting going on. So a lot of the same, a lot of the same old, same old. Well, we're going to make sure we share all of that out to everybody. And I want to do just a little shift with you. I mm -hmm. want to talk to you, Amy, about, you know, we talk a lot about on the show here about self-care and mm -hmm. things we do for ourselves. So if you were told tomorrow, Amy, you get to get up and you get to go do whatever you want to all day long. You don't have to worry about nothing. What would your day look like? Uh, let's see. I would get up. I would go to the gym. I would come home and shower because that's always very relaxing. Um, no, actually, that's not true. I would come home and then I would do the sauna for 40 minutes. Then I would shower. Then I would plan my food for the day. So what are we going to have? Do I need to shop? Because I, unlike most people, I like to grocery shop. Um, so that would be fun for me to figure out, okay, what's our food looking like? What are we doing today? What's, you know, I like to have a fun, at least one fun kind of meal that we're all looking forward to. So I would plan that. And then I would definitely get, um, maybe I would go to the grocery store, come home, then I would do a four mile walk. So I do my, my loop. Um, I would probably check in with my clients because I like to and see if everybody's doing well, if they have questions. And I would probably read depending on what I'm what I'm reading. Um, if I'm reading some fun book, I would read a little bit, start working, prepping our food. Um, yeah, I think I it's mostly home. I'd be mostly home doing all the things that I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And and so in our Shiro League, so we have a community of women. That's exactly what we're working on is how do you find and incorporate some self-care into your life? How do you create balance and joy in your life? And so our Shiro League, the word Shiro actually means something. The S stands for strong. So you be, you know, the goal is to create this GPS roadmap for yourself of how to incorporate. If you want to have a day all to yourself, what would what would that look like as Amy shared? And so so by the end of the, the course, you've kind of got that roadmap so that you might wake up one morning and hit not worry about hitting the snooze button. You've got that energy. Maybe you'll take off, go do a yoga course or a class, or maybe you'll head off to the beach. And so as I as you develop this pattern, you become stronger in communicating what your needs are with those around you regarding your self-care. Yeah. And then as you're doing that, the H stands for happy because you get this new feeling inside, which is that happiness of going, I'm doing things that I like to do and I'm not stressed out. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not people pleasing for everybody else and not for myself. And so then you get to the E. And so as you've got this new happiness and you've got this new strength, you become empowered to do like what Amy's talking about, starting a business, maybe helping others, whatever that big goal is you had for yourself that you kind of like have buried it down and decided mm -hmm. you're not worthy of it. Right. 
And so then we get to the R and, you know, you start as you're doing these things, you know, people are recognizing that you're walking around with this new radiant look about yourself. They're like, Amy, why are, what's that glow about you? Did you lose weight? Did you cut your hair? What have you done differently? Or what are you doing differently? And then the O is original. You know, people call your authentic self. I really believe that when we come into this world, no matter who you believe in, you know, for me, if God brings you in this world, he's already created in that DNA of what that talent is. He knows you've got, it's already there for you. We we forget it because we get overwhelmed with everybody else's stuff or the world or whatever is happening around you. So as you work through these process and this roadmap, you've created that awareness and that recommitment mm-hmm. and that, that relationship with that, that original self of who you are. So as you take care of that talent that you have inside you, what then happens is others get to receive that reward. Like with Amy, she's helping others with their health and wellness and life life challenges and overcoming all of that. And so that, Amy, is what we, we call the Shiro. And the Shiro method is four-month course of us walking through that. Nice. But I'd love to know, Amy, where was a time in your life that you had to say, I need to do all those things Pearl just said. I had to become stronger. I had to find my happiness again. Tell us a time in your life when that came up for you and how did you get through that? Oh, I can be so, so specific. It was when I was 37 and I was at my niece's two-year-old birthday party in my sister's backyard. And it was, I I describe it as this moment. It wasn't like a light bulb went off. It was like these spotlights hit me. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, who am I? And how did I get here? And I, I, I describe it as that point in time when I realized that I had no more distraction. My kids, my, I was watching my sister run around at this birthday party chasing these little kids. And I thought, oh, so glad I don't have to do that. And I was looking at my kids over there who were teenagers. They could care less what I was doing. They were totally not in my orbit. And I thought, wow, this thing that's distracted me for the past 10 or 15 years and had my total focus has kind of evaporated. And now I am left center stage with these spotlights on me. And I'm like, I am not super liking what I'm seeing. And I definitely had to refine myself, refine what made me happy because I wasn't. I was overweight. I was achy. I was uncomfortable. I was puffy. I was moody. I was hungry and totally crazy. I was eating at this party. I was eating pink frosted cupcakes like the whole day. I just, I don't know how many I eat. They were delicious. And I thought, this is not, this is not what I want. I want to find the old me that I used to know. So that was my moment. And and that it took, it didn't happen. It took years because those first, you know, few years, the end of my 30s, when I decided that that's what I was going to do is when I was doing all the things and um, they weren't working. And then when I said I went to nutrition school and sort of figured this things out, that's when I started doing the right thing. So all the things is not the same as the right things. And the right things are going to be different depending on who you are. But that was for me, that was the moment. That was the time. And see, I think I I love that you you paint that picture because I think all of us can agree there was that moment in our life that said, this can't continue anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and I almost had kind of a similar situation where I was, you know, we moved here from uh, Virginia to Florida because I was going to, my husband had the opportunity to take a job. It was going to let me be a stay-at-home mom. And I decided I didn't like it. I didn't like going Mm -hmm. to PTA meetings with the drama. I didn't like all being behind the camera, but I had forgotten who I was over those years because I went from being a top five mortgage broker where I was working, the top female I was working to being this person sitting in a house that I wasn't happy in. And so I had to go on that journey of figuring out what I want to do, who I was and that aha moment of 
you know, and I, and then the, I always believe in life's not a remote, you can't rewind it, but to pay it forward to the women that I coach to say, do it now. Don't wait till they become teenagers. Do it now. Be the example for your children that say, you know, you don't have to be it married and have a picket fence. You can be who you want to be and get married and have a picket fence or whatever that looks like for you. And so that was a great picture you painted for us. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us, Amy. So one of the things we do every week, we meet in the Shira League. It's um, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. We get together on Zoom. It's not recorded because it's meant to be a safe space. And so we are working right now on our a six-week goal. The ladies are all working. We have a journal we're working through, all this great fun things we're doing. But one of the things before we could get to that spot was they had to work through some stuff. And one was, what was your joy? Like, really, what brought you joy and why did it bring you joy? Not just getting up in the morning. Yeah, that brings you joy because I have another day, right? But why about what was about getting up in the morning that brought you joy? So I'm not going to ask you for 10 like they had to do, Amy, but can you give us your top three things that bring you joy and why do they bring you joy? Um, I would have to say that's so funny and what a fun question, but just off the top of my head, I will say that exercise (laughs) brings me joy. I really like being in control of my body and I like moving my body and I like being strong. So that to me is important. And I, I mean, you know, those times when you don't want to go and you don't want to do it and you do it anyway, and you're like, I feel so good always. So that for sure brings me joy. Um, it's crazy to say it, but cooking brings me joy. And I just recently was saying, uh, I don't know, on Instagram or somewhere that I said when I met my husband and we got married and I said to him, I know how to make one thing and that is cereal. And now to look at me and think, I actually like to go to the grocery store and I like to make food. I'm like, it cracks me up. Um, And then, you know, it's so funny. It's it just so cliche, but definitely having my my daughter and my grandkids and my son-in-law over because they live down the street, being able for them to still interact in my daily life is amazing. It's amazing. That I love those three. Your cooking brought up a special memory for me. So when I went on my journey years ago to lose weight, when I met my husband, all I knew how to make was tuna casserole. I didn't <laughs> like cereal. So tuna casserole was a thing. He finally had to ask me to please stop making tuna casserole. <laughs> But um, but one of the things is as I went on my health journey, I was learning how to cook. Like I was really getting creative. And I remember my mother-in-law, she used to come down and stay with us in the winter time after my father-in-law passed. And I remember she was sitting and um, I think after about like the fourth or fifth meal I'd made with her, she's like, I didn't know you could cook, Pearl. I'm like, yeah, mom, neither did I. I had the best, my mother-in-law and I, we were tight. I was like, neither did I, mom. So I'm glad you like it because I, I didn't know how to do it before. <laughs> I I still, I still am like, I can't believe I'm making this. I can't believe I'm not afraid. Like I don't, I have no fear in the kitchen anymore. I'm just like, Hey, I'll try a new recipe. And usually I'll try a new recipe when I have people coming over and I'm like, yeah, so we've never had this before. So hope it goes well. I'm like, I don't know why I always try new recipes out when I'm having someone over. So it's so much fun. So now here we're going to get really challenging. We create lists for everything we need to do. Grocery list, the kids to do list, the stuff around the house list, the honey do list. We create all these lists, but we don't create the not to do list, the things we have to stop doing in our life that Mm. don't allow us to enjoy the exercise, the kids, the cooking, right? So what Amy would be on your not to do list that you can continue enjoying these top three joys? Mm. Well, I would need one of the things that I think I should do less or stop doing is really scrolling through social media. 
that will slow me down in the morning to get out of bed to get to the gym. I will become distracted when I'm with my grandkids if I'm looking through social media. Just bad. It's just bad. So that that is my top number one top one. All right. So you got to give us two more. Two more that I would stop doing. Uh, I'd say one one of the more recent ones is a lot of concern or worry about the future. So just you know worrying about stuff that hasn't happened. I don't have control over. Um, and just trying to be present and enjoy what's going on right now. We're just in a transition, you know, with retirement and things like that. So there's a lot of like thinking about what is the future going to look like. So, so I think I'm spending a lot, way too much time on that. So not stopping that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, do I need to stop doing? I think it's hard to articulate, but it's this um, this sense or this concept of, you know, the highs and the lows where you, because, you know, I'm a single business owner. And so I go through these flexes of like, everything's going really great. This is awesome. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. And then, you know, boom, another day you're like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I should keep doing this. So I think this sort of um, roller coaster of of doubting myself, I think, is something that I can work certainly work on trying to recognize when I'm falling into this doubt that, again, is a story that I'm making up that I need to examine and recognize that most of it story. Yeah, those are three really good. Social media seems to be like a big one, I think, for a lot of people. For me, like I do my social media mostly for my business nowadays or something yeah. that personal. So I've gotten like I've gotten now where I have scheduled a lot of my social media out like seven weeks. So like mm-hmm. I don't even have to like, I you know, I know what my goals are coming up in the next, you know, couple months. So I kind of just put them out there and I don't have to worry about them so much now. Right. And so that 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 worry, that's such a that's, you know, that that unknown like, my husband and I, he just returned last two it'll be two years this November and yeah that whole balancing the income and all of that stuff and and like you said the in a business as entrepreneurs you know we do we have those flux and and that's you know those hills of self-doubt I always yeah. like to say and this happens it never fails we talked about this two weeks ago in our Shira League how you know we're all doing these goals and I told them all, I go listen this is gonna happen and I want you to know when it happens what are you what are your what's your plan because I went I told him I said things are gonna be going you're gonna you're going to be on this trajectory. You're going to be working yeah. on these things and something's going to come in and be like, or someone's going to do something or something's going to happen. Right. So are you going to let it keep bringing you down or what, what's your plan to not let it stop you? And right. it was, it was no lie. Like literally I things that I was, things I've been doing, it's coming, coming, coming. And then I had this huge issue come up within my family and I was like, Nope, I know you were coming. And the good thing is I coach on those saboteurs and those judges and things when they show up and I call yeah. her Betsy. So when Betsy came in, I'm like, yeah, no, Betsy, you are going back to the closet. You are not allowed out of the closet right now. Right. You know, So, so it's so true that happens. And, you know, I love when I coach women about this Shiro method, about creating this lifestyle that they want to have is I tell them it's sort of like you're climbing this mountain and, you know, you're going to get to the top of the mountain. You have to come down, but you can choose how you come down. Right. Because you mm-hmm. always have to come back down off the mountain. So I always tell them, I said, picture the mountain, you're walking up the mountain. I want you to picture this big, beautiful rock that you're going to stop at one point and you're going to lay a beautiful picnic blanket out, have a great picnic lunch, and just think about all the things that have been working on this climb so far and the things that are not, I want you to toss them over the mountain, like just release them and then start doing your walk at the top of the mountain. And then same thing, when 
you get to the top, you have that beautiful picnic that you're going to lay out and be like, what am I taking with me down the mountain? And what am I leaving here? And mm-hmm. as you as you go down that mountain, you're going to stop again and have another picnic lunch and be thinking about and journal about what are those things that serve me and what doesn't let it go. Because yeah. if we, it, you know, otherwise we just keep doing this and we'll think it's, oh, something bad's going to come. But if you can be prepared for it, I think mm-hmm. that's what, you know, that that's what I love about our show about that. It helps you walk through and be prepared for those things that come up. So I want to thank you for playing along with us, Amy. Yeah. So uh, I would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you social media wise as well. Mm-hmm. So my website is the simplicity of wellness.com. I am also the simplicity of wellness on Instagram. And I am the simplicity of wellness on Facebook. And we will be sure to share that with everybody on the show notes. So when you're um, watching or you're listening, you can find them. And if you go to YouTube to Conversations with Pearl, you'll see it all there as well. And like and subscribe to our YouTube channels. And we'd love for you to do that as well. And so now what we're going to do is, you know, about our wonderful cards, Amy. So I'm going to get them shuffled here for Amy. So for those that are new to the show, we have these cards are called Better Questions, Better Life. And you can go to betterquestionsbetterlife.com. I get no, nothing. I get no affiliate marketing. These are just amazing cards. Um, They make a great gift for anybody in your life, even your children. But we're going to shuffle them. And there are 77 questions on here that make you think. So Amy, Mm -hmm. you tell me when to stop shuffling. Oh, there's good. Okay. So your question is, what is your heart's desire? I think, I think my heart's desire and what's kind of led me down the path that I'm on is that I really want, I I just really want women to recognize their power and to lean in to the fact that they have total control over how they feel, their health, how they look, how strong they are, how they age. That's what I just, I really want women to embrace and and understand that they have that control and they can have what they want. They just have to want it. Yeah, that's so true. I love that you said that because you know, we can, we can truly have what we want. And sometimes it's learning to be, you know, overcome that people pleasing, like say no to others and start saying yes to yourself. Learning how to create boundaries. You have to learn how to create boundaries. You're not creating boundaries to manipulate other people to do things. You're creating boundaries that you then follow. Your boundaries are all about you. They're not about other people, but you have to learn how to create boundaries. And so I so agree with you on that one. It's so it's so powerful when you create those boundaries for yourself. So I just want to thank you again, Amy, for coming. And for those that are listening, um, if you are interested in learning more about Amy, we'll put all the links in there as well. But if you want to learn more about the Shira League that we talked about today, you can go to W, you can email hello at wsliving.com. That's hello at wsliving.com. And you can just type in the word hero, or sorry, Shiro, and we will get you all the information you need. But I want to remind you again, as as you come into this world, we are this little sharp oyster, a little rough on the outside. But as you open up and you start working on your inner self and setting those boundaries, you do find your inner pearl. So I hope you go out today and I find your inner pearl of greatness. And thank you, Amy, for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I just wanted to come on and check in with you, see how you're doing and Just make sure that you truly are looking and finding your inner pearl of greatness. And so today's just going to be about some lessons for you around how you become your Shiro self. Like really, how do you find that time for you that you can put yourself first without any guilt? And so I want to talk to you about that because, you know, oftentimes we as women 
we take care of everything else before we put something for ourselves on, on the time, on our planner. And so I want to talk to you about that. You know, why? Like, when was the last time you really challenged yourself to like step away? Um, because you are a Shiro, you are powerful and you are amazing. And sometimes we feel so overwhelmed that we don't feel that way, right? That we feel like, you know, we're not in our, not working in our purpose of our power and our passion. And, you know, we're not getting ourselves that time to pause and reflect and really like create and, and develop our roadmap for our expectations, for our journey that we want for ourselves. So I want to ask you this. I want you to consider this. I want you to think about, you know, is there, is there been a time where you wanted to take time for yourself and you just said, I'll put it on my calendar. And then when it came time for your calendar, you said, oh, I can't do it. I got to get the kids to practice. I've got to go to this event. My husband needs help with this thing at work or I'm tied to my job and we've got this deadline to me. You know, I want you to really think that, you know, there is a woman who is a hero for everybody else freely. Like we totally, we, you know, we pour into others so much, so freely that truly our identity and our focus becomes that for the other person. And we're putting our, our focus and our identity on a shelf, right? We freely accept it, you know, that despite how we might feel in the moment, that it's okay to put ourselves on the shelf. So I want to give you some thoughts and some steps about really, you know, showing up for yourself and saying yes to yourself and not trying to please others, right? Because so often we, we are that person. We become that people pleaser. We say yes to everybody else so excitedly now, but you don't say yes to yourself as excitedly. Like you feel guilty, right? Do you ever feel guilty when you say no to somebody because you're like, oh, they're not going to like me. They're going to think that I don't care for them. They're going to think that I, you know, I, I'm selfish, all those things, right? And, you know, because we show up for others so much and not for ourselves often, it can feel like we're not worthy, right? And I wonder if that sounds like to you. If that sounds like you, I want to give you a couple of steps to just put yourself first without guilt, okay? So the first one is, as women, we feel guilty when we do for ourselves, right? We feel guilty if we go get our nails done, or we feel guilty if we go out for a walk, or we go out for dinner with a friend, or maybe like me, you go for a staycation where you grab a hotel that's near the near the house. Like for me, I live in Florida, so I'll grab a hotel at the beach and go spend the night. So maybe you feel guilty that you're doing that because you feel like, oh, I got to leave the kids behind, or the spouse, or they're going to think I'm being selfish because I'm doing for me. So I want to tell you, first of all, there's some things you can do to overcome that. So let's say you are a CEO mom. And so those that are listening to me the first time, when I say CEO mom, I don't like the word stay at home mom because you are a CEO mom, because even if you are at home running the house business, which is why I call you a CEO mom, you have a job to do. And that's making sure the business of the home is running the way it needs to. So let's say you're that CEO mom and you have kids that, you know, you want to spend time with, but you feel like you, there's not enough time in the day. So let's start with their little. If they're little kids, like, you know, under, say, eight years old, right? Maybe you sit down and watch a silly TV show. When my kids were little, it was Barney, right? Sit down and watch a silly TV show with them and just be engaged with them because you're going to laugh at the crazy show. You're going to spend time with your little one but you're also going to be taking some time out for yourself. So that's one of the steps you can do with your children. If your kids are a little older, like, so when I finally realized that I mattered and I had to do something for me first, 
my kids were a little older. So my oldest one, he loved to go get his toenails done because he played football and he had football toes. So we would go for Manny Petty together. He'd get the Petty, I'd get the Manny Petty. And it was it was giving myself time to take care of myself and have self-care. But at the same time, my son, Matthew, was spending time with me. and We would chit-chat and talk about what was happening. We might talk about the football game upcoming or the one that just passed. We might talk about girls, whatever that is, right? Him and I also had a code word for spending time together. And that was, let's go for sushi. So that would tell me that he wanted to have conversations with me, right? So my younger son, Nate, he's not into Manny Petties. He could not be bothered to any that, but he loves to go to the movies. So we would go and catch a movie together. And we still do that to this day. He'll be like, what new movie is coming out? What do you want to see, mom? And we'd go catch that movie together. So that's something you can do with your kids. Like find something that you can enjoy doing that they maybe would like to do with you and you're spending time with them, okay? Now, when it comes to your spouse or significant other, it's kind of the same thing. Maybe catch a movie at home. Like my husband and I, even today, we find a lot of stuff on Netflix and we'll sit down and we'll watch the movie on Netflix, right? Or maybe you coordinate once a month, you're going to go out on a date and take turns picking. He picks this month, you pick next month. Neither one of you can complain about what the other picked, but you've picked something to go do, okay? So those are some things you can do with your loved ones when it comes time for self-care and not feeling guilty. Right. So then that way, when you do want to go do something for yourself, like a staycation or go to the movies by yourself, that guilt, you can you can release that guilt because you are finding time to spend with them as well. Okay, so those are just some simple steps you can do when it comes to your family. But let's talk about let's talk about your your job. okay, your professional career. So let's say that you have you're at work and you've got this big project to get done and you're in charge of a team. Okay. So one of the things I used to do is I wanted to make sure that my team all had a responsibility of the project that we were doing. So when I worked for a big corporation, each person had a piece of that pie because you can't run the whole machine together. You've got to have help. So find what works, what their talents are and give them that piece of the, of the pie that will outshine their talents. Okay. And then make sure that you, along with them, are taking breaks out to collaborate, whether it's, you know, hey, let's go grab some lunch together and collaborate. Or maybe you go outside the building and go for a quick walk around the building. You know, I did this at the big corporation I worked with. I would send my team out to go for walk breaks. And my other lead team leads from other departments are like, oh, can you do that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, listen, if you look at my department's goals, we're hitting our goals, which means they're working hard. I need them to be all in, not be tired. So I would also go each day with one different group and I'd go for a walk with them and just chat with them. How are they doing? What's going on? You know, what's happening in their world? We wouldn't talk about what's happening in the project. Just how are they doing? So that's another way that you can, at your professional level, do something for yourself while you're engaging with your team as well. Okay. And if you are an entrepreneur, let's say you own your own business and you're, you know, you're overwhelmed with all these things to get done. I'm going to challenge you to look and see what are some of the things you're doing in your business that you actually might be able to do benefit from having a virtual assistant, right? So my business coach, Julie DeLuca Collins, helped me understand what my value is per hour. So once you take that per hour value and you say, you know, filing paperwork is is not worth $300 an hour. So maybe you have a virtual assistant that helps you electronically file your stuff. You know, find somebody that can do those things that takes up time for you building your business. And then also make sure you are taking time out during the day to go for a walk, 
do meditation, something that helps you pour into yourself while you're pouring into your business. So those are some tips I want to just teach you and share with you that I know I do for my self-care so I don't feel overwhelmed, so I don't feel like I'm on the shelf. Because when you put yourself on the shelf, you can't become that shero of your life. You can't become that self-made hero and have balance in your life with boundaries that you set and how to incorporate them without guilt. So I just want to share some of that with you because, you know, you guys are amazing, amazing individuals. You're beautifully and wonderfully made and you deserve everything that's waiting for you. But when we don't open our eyes to what's around us, we don't allow ourselves time for ourselves. You can't pour into others. You can't pour into your career if you don't pour into yourself first. So I just want to share that with you. And I want to invite you. If any of this resonates with you, I would love to invite you to our, we have a Shiro League. You can come once uh, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to come and just visit with us, we always have an open house opportunity. You can join us. It's at a Sunday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can come in your PJs. It's a great way to end your, your week and start your new week. Um, you can do that as well. So if you want that information, just go to pearl at wsliving.com. Again, pearl at wsliving.com and email me and I can get you the link to join us. But if you want to look at some more of these steps that I've done, I would love for you to just go download my ultimate guide to, to self-care and some additional steps are in there. And that's at pearlsebook.com. That's pearlsebook.com. And I hope you guys know that you come into this world as this beautiful, beautiful oyster. We're a little rough on the outside, but on the inside, you have this amazing pearl. And I just want you to know that you are this amazing pearl. And I hope you find your inner pearl of greatness. Do you know what your score is for your self-care? Find out today. Go to pearlssurvey.com. That's pearlssurvey.com and see what your score is today. 